0: Guys and gals, and welcome back to the We Love Horror Podcast, a podcast where we talk about anything and everything related to horror. I'm Michael.
1: And I'm Roman, and we are your hosts.
0: So, before we start, how are you doing today, Roman? I mean, it's been a while since we recorded the last episode. Yeah,
1: it has been a while. Um, I was great at the beginning of the week, and then I just got hit with this really strong cold, and I'm trying to get better with it. So,. Forgive me, audience, if I sound kind of nasally or a little sick or if I get a cough here and there. I apologize. But I'm here, and I'm ready to do this podcast.
0: I think it's kind of impressive because I don't I don't get the cold thing at all from you. So I think you sound great. So I, I'm
1: really good at playing it up. Acting. <laughs> Acting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. So before we get started, let's talk about uh, kind of – I want to just kind of express – uh, my gra- our gratitude towards people that have been uh, showing their support to the podcast so far. I feel like we've kind of got pretty good amount of outpour. I feel so yeah. From the first episode, I mean, right from the get go, I was, you know, I was I was trying to be realistic. Of course, I was trying to be like, okay, don't expect too much. Don't expect too many. You know, <laughs> don't expect too much follower engagement at the start because mm-hmm. it's just the first episode. But I mean, we've almost got. Close to 100 followers on Instagram, our Instagram page already. That's only been up for a few weeks now. Uh, Got a couple of five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts from what you told me, Roman. So Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool. Um, Just a lot of people giving us suggestions, giving us their support. and Really appreciate it. It's cool. It's
1: really humbling, actually. Yeah. Because you make a podcast and you want to make something that's engaging and fun for both us as hosts but also the listeners the audience but then when actually you see the fruits of your labor you see audience members engaging and just like listening that's crazy
0: yeah that's so yeah
1: so it's awesome yeah it's awesome thanks guys just a thank you yes that's what we want to say and
0: keep keep the support coming we really appreciate it um leave us comments suggestions email us uh leave us a five if you can, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That would really help our podcast grow, um, expand to other people. Um, So if you guys could do that, that would be really awesome. Also, leave a comment for us. Yeah. Let us know how we're doing, like what we could be doing better, if anything. Apple
1: Podcasts, email, direct message, Instagram, whatever. Whatever floats your boat, just just let us know.
0: Yes. And uh, special shout-out, actually, to a podcast on Elm Street. I shouted them out in the first episode, and I'll continue to shout them out because they are one of our, you know, top supporters, so... Um, But special announcement for them, actually. One of the members of the podcast on Elm Street just recently had a baby, so... We're welcoming a newborn baby into the fold, so it's exciting so congrats to you guys uh keep up the great work your podcast is amazing and for those of you who haven't listened to their podcast yet i highly recommend you guys listen to it because they've got some good stuff on there they just recently actually released a hereditary episode so oh okay yeah so they they went through that and that was a pretty good episode to listen to so as far as that goes um thank you again guys for all the support that you've given us so far uh we really appreciate it. Like, I'm, I'm super over the moon about it, so. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Anything you, any shout-outs that you want to? Uh,
1: ch- not that I could think of at the moment. I'm sorry, guys. Um, I have a really hazy brain right now. We're both a
0: little scatterbrained. I'm 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 running on four hours of sleep, and Roman's running on something, <laughs> cough medicine, and Dayquil. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> forgive yeah. us again if we're a little uh, scatterbrained today. We're gonna pull it together. Yeah, by as much by the end of as we episode, can. I'll, I'll, I'll have something. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't have anything else, I guess get into it.
1: Let's get straight into it then.
0: So, once again, we're doing another top ten list today, but uh, this time it's going to be the 2000s and the 90s, so we're doing a double episode today.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Recording. And then we're going to split those up and then upload those on, so uh, if I still sound sick by episode... 3 Don't think like, man, this Roman guy, he's been sick for a month. He's... No, no. It's just we're doing it the same day. So there we go. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, we're doing our 2000s list today, and then we're also doing our 90s list. So let's get the bowl rolling with that. Do you want to start with your first yeah, pick, Roman? Yeah, sure.
1: So the 2000s was a little bit more difficult for me. I don't know, like, when I think of like prime horror cinema, I, I look at like the classics, you know, like mm-hmm. films from the 70s, from from the 80s. So the right. like 2000s. They're, although I like two thousand horror films, they're not really my ballpark. Mm-hmm. I don't really know a lot of uh, classics in my in my mind. So this one was a little tough compared to the other list, but but I got it. So here we go. So the very first movie on my list is a film called Twenty Eight Days Later. Ooh, that's a good one. All right, is that on your list? No, okay, it's not gotcha. on my list, but so, it is a good one to
0: have. All right,
1: cool, cool. So yeah, Twenty Eight Days Later. Came out in 2002 as a zombie flick. Um, I really don't like zombie movies most of the time. They feel very. And I'm going to have people that really don't like. They're going to crucify me like, well, you don't like George A. Romero? You don't like those? Like, oh, no, no, I do. I respect them for what they are in the horror movie like genre and being a, a pioneer in that respect. But it's the story elements of horror, like zombie films, that I don't really. Uh, it's not my for. cup of tea. Yeah. Exactly. But I remember. Uh, around around the early 2000s, I was pretty young. I was still a kid around that time. So when I first saw 28 Days Later, it just was a very different film. A unique take. A different zombie film. Because the uh, film starts with our main protagonist waking up in an abandoned hospital. And he's like, What's going on? Where am I? He's so disillusioned. And he walks out, and it's the streets of London, and it's just abandoned.
0: So it almost kind of sounds like the, the plot of the very first pilot episode of walking dead. Cause doesn't he wake exactly, up in hospital? Exactly. Room? And i, I was always felt say. that was
1: an homage to 28 days. Right. Land, right. Which is super cool. And it just struck me as a kid. So like when I remember that, I see things like the walking dead or I see things like, um, I'm a legend in a sense. Ooh, is that kind of story where it's just like, you're, you're on your own, you're by yourself. So, uh, that intro itself was really striking to me. And then this, actual story itself is your typical uh, you know zombie flick the main character teams up with a ragtag group of people who are just trying to survive they run into folks who are trying to help them but they have uh, ulterior motives and so on and so forth but it was a very well directed film and it was just interesting yeah. so that that's that's the first movie on my 2000s list right there
0: that's a good one that's a very good one to have <coughs> so guess we'll go with the first one that I have on my list which actually no I'm gonna save the best for last okay, so perfect, perfect. <laughs> the first one on my list is just the first one that I was like yes that was on my list 100 percent I think everybody knows which one that's gonna be so I'm gonna save the best one for last okay <laughs> all right. so um going right into the next one this is actually a remake of a movie that came out in this early 70s so no Later 70s, sorry. Okay. Um, do you want to take a guess on what that is? So It's a remake. It came out in 2006. 70s. So if that gives you a hint. Uh,
1: are you going to tell me it's the Rob Zombie remake of Halloween? No? Oh, God, no. Okay, thank God. <laughs> not <laughs> no. offending anyone who likes the Rob Zombie films, but I'm, I am not into shock horror at
0: all. Well, and don't get me wrong, like, that movie, there are parts of it that I like. Um, and we'll, like I said, we'll, we'll talk more about that one later on, but, uh, yeah. But no, it's, uh, The Hills Have Eyes. That's a remake, huh? It is, yeah, it's, uh, Wes Craven directed the original one. Really? I think it's back in 77 or 76, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, this is a, this is a remake to that film and it came out in 2006. And, uh, just basically for people that don't know. What it's about. It's about a family that's traveling through uh, the desert in California. Uh, They get their car stuck in the middle of the desert, and it just happens to be um, where they used to do nuclear tests back in like the 60s. So there's a bunch of like deformed people that still live there, like cannibals Uh that basically hunt and kill people that get, you know, that go through there. So it's basically about a family that's trying to survive these cannibalistic um people so pretty yes. bloody pretty pretty gory pretty disturbing um but it's a pretty good movie I enjoy it the acting's yes. great the directing's great um yeah great remake to a pretty good classic film from the 70s so sweet, sweet. did uh Wes Craven's film Justice nice. so
1: never but, seen a Hill House, Hills Have Eyes uh I remember as a kid, I was too scared to watch it.
0: So. Oh, it's probably good you didn't watch it as a kid because there's some uh, pretty disturbing. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty disturbing things in that movie. So very bloody, very gory. There's a slasher uh, film. I don't graphic. know if I would categorize it as a slasher film per se. Um, just more of like I guess it's just a straight up horror film. Like okay. some of the elements in it are pretty horrible to watch. I guess there's like a. I mean it's not a, it's not the worst rape scene I've ever seen in a movie but there Ooh, is okay. a uh, there is a rape scene in it and it's uh, for and both the original are, and the, the yeah okay. yeah and for so for people that are triggered by like rape scene type stuff this isn't a movie for you uh, nor mm-hmm. is it a movie for people who aren't into the gore stuff because this movie is pretty gory so
1: okay all right so not for the faint of heart no so if you're definitely a horror fan, not you could check it out if you're just a, a regular film viewer Mm-hmm. Maybe consider, reconsider, who
0: knows. I highly recommend it to die-hard horror fans that haven't seen it. Um, I think it's a pretty good film, so. Okay. That would be my number 1 is The Hills Have Eyes, so.
1: All right, sweet. All right, on to the second one. Ah, uh, this one might have some pushback with viewers because they might think is this really horror? Uh, okay, I don't consider it horror. I mm-hmm. consider it kind of like a thriller. Uh action drama. It's a very genre bending film and it did this before other films kind of like took into this type of narrative. But I'll just say it. uh, 2000's Battle Royale.
0: (gasps) Oh, that's on my list too. Have you seen it? I love this movie. So we're both
1: kind of like breaking rules with this. So Battle Royale is a Japanese uh, film uh, that's kind of like an original Hunger Games type of story.
0: Oh, it's Pretty much Hunger Games to a T. Basically. I'm pretty sure she took inspiration from this movie to write those books, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Maybe. I but, mean, that's just my opinion. I don't know if there's anywhere, if there's any article anywhere where it says that she, you know, took inspiration directly from those movies. But I mean, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, then you have a you have ch- children, mm-hmm. people that are young, not adults quite yet, battling it out uh, within an island, and they have to relocate different times of day before... Uh, it's like this... They have a collar. That will yeah. kill them, though, them. Like, if they're not following the rules of this, uh, then... Yeah, they're gone. And there has to be one left standing. Yep. Not a royale. Uh, I don't remember why exactly they're sent there. I think it's like...
0: Well, they're... I think They're, they're
1: problematic they're, children.
0: Yeah, so I think the way it is, I think they just randomly pick a certain school district like a certain oh like, yeah uh, but theirs just happens to be chosen because i think the teacher or it's i think it's a disgruntled old older teacher yeah that they used to have that they treated like shit and so now he's like
1: then he volunteers them and he's like karma's he a bitch here. basically yeah, yeah. so uh, such such a fantastic film you don't really see a lot of um besides horror films mm-hmm. but you don't really see a lot of uh um, exposure of Japanese cinema besides animation most right. of the time so Battle Royale was I think um, maybe really put Japanese cinema into the uh, forefront oh, for, for sure. modern audiences but not considering like older 50s films like Akira Kurosawa and, like mm-hmm. samurai films like not including those this ushered in maybe in a new age for modern Japanese filmmaking, filmmakers um, super cool film, I love it I think the acting is great. I think the suspense is very real. Oh, Again, right, it's not yeah. really a horror film. There's not scary elements, but there's very suspenseful elements. Like right. You're very rooting for these characters that to survive and to live. And there's there's a couple, a handful of other students, a high school because they're like high school age. Yeah, they're fighting against each other. That some are just deranged. Oh, like psychopaths. Yeah. Like oh geez, um, a really That's good film. Way. If you haven't seen it. Uh, highly recommend watching it. I know some viewers uh, don't particularly enjoy reading subtitles with movies. <laughs> the thing is, yeah. like, if you want to watch really good films, uh, listeners, you you got to learn how to read subtitles with some films. And follow along with and follow the movie along as with well. the, Like, yeah. I'll, I'll agree. I'll admit. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes you're like, oh, I'd rather just, just have it dubbed over right. in a different language. But sometimes it's the nuance of that language mm-hmm. that gives it its emotional like bang yes exactly
0: and as an example of that um of the whole dubbing (sighs) thing i feel like when you listen to a movie that's like a foreign film for example and you like dub over it with like other voices it just distracts it like it distracts from the experience of the film so for example like my neighbor totoro yeah that's like my favorite animated like film from like the time i was a child and i remember when i was younger The only version that we had, obviously, was the was the Japanese version, but then they did like a an American dubbed version. I think, uh, what's her name? Um, With Dakota Fanning, the Fanning sisters, yeah. And it it's not no disrespect to them or anything. They did a great job, but it's Mm -hmm. just like like I said, it takes you out of the experience of yeah. I guess especially for someone who listened to it from like the time that I was a child, Mm -hmm. you know. So to hear it Americanized, it didn't sound right to me. I don't yeah. know. So I've never been mm-hmm. able to watch that version, or yeah, watch that version all the way through mm-hmm. because it's just too, it's too. Uh, I don't know. It's too distracting for me. No, I'm not a fan I I completely it. get
1: it. Like dubbed audio is fine and all, but there's like I said, specific nuances in the original mother language that the film was shot in that you can't really translate. Right. Especially if it's a film that's very uh, ingrained in the culture of which it's showing, you know. Exactly. Like Battle Royale, there's a lot of, uh, of like, the, the Japanese school system and, like, the Japanese customs and, like, a lot of students who are too, like, fearful or trying to avoid breaking social norms and customs, they're one of the first to die in the film right. because of that fear. And they have to quickly snap out of it and think, like, this is now really life or death. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't really pick up on those nuances if it was, like, in English or if it's, like, oh, God forbid, Americanized, like, Death Note, the Death Note <laughs> live-action oh, film. Yeah. Ah, Like, and then I hear talks of J.J. J. Abrams wanting to do an Americanized live-action version of the anime film Your Name. Really? And I don't know if you've seen that movie.
0: I've heard of it.
1: Really touching romance film like really really good film really good movie and yeah to just there's there's a lot of like deeply held japanese customs and beliefs like a little bit of shintoism Mm -hmm. involved in the movie that if you try to americanize it it gets lost it's lost in the noise and then the message kind of gets muddied so um i'm not anti-dubbing i'm not anti adapting a film or a narrative for specific audiences and specific cultures but don't do it if it's going to detract from the overall quality of the film. story experience mm-hmm. yeah like everything has to serve story not money you know i feel exactly. like in some cases it's like you're you're trying to go for uh, a market or you're going for an audience and you're just trying to like really widen those those money bags but all in all, the best movies are the ones that serve a great story. Even if they're not well known exactly. They stand the test of time. So uh,
0: they're like instant classics from the get-go. Yeah. And exactly. you know, even if they're not popular movies, say, you know, like A Quiet Place will definitely be one of those movies that stands the test of time that people will remember twenty years from now as like, you know, one of those standalone movies. But movies like Battle Royale, I feel like still stand the test of time even today because they're like more of like a cult classic yeah per se than more of like a i guess a wider popular yeah you know, it's not one of those movies that's like very v- super popular but it's oh it's such a good movie it's so good really good film really you guys are so watch happy it. that's I on your recommend. list too because that's on my i'm list kind of surprised well. it was on your
1: list really i felt like is it cheating to put battle royale is no because code? i mean as we yeah.
0: discussed in the first episode horror is you know more reason. than just right it's yeah. it's anything that you know it doesn't matter if it's a horror comedy it doesn't matter if it's you know if it has horror elements sprinkled throughout mm-hmm. it's a horror film okay. you know at least in my opinion Yeah. People obviously feel different I'm sure but uh I feel like anything that is in the horror genre that has some element of horror is considered a horror movie in my opinion so okay
1: yeah yeah, yeah. All Right. well that's that's my number two battle royale
0: that's also on mine so we'll skip right over that one and go to the next one which is a also a movie that came out in 2006 and that would be final destination three which in my opinion is the best one out of the entire series okay um i feel like most people would say that the first one is their favorite but as much as i love the first one which is
1: the one with the plane
0: that's the plane yeah, yeah the third that's, one's that's the, a good one yeah the plane or the third one's the one with the roller coaster
1: what's the one with the 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 steel beams on the highway like
0: oh the logs yeah. that's the number two that's okay. final destination two that one
1: freaked me out for so long when i was a kid i'm like oh i don't want to be behind cars that I have to like, like oh <laughs> i mean i still get really that way to.
0: anytime i see like a truck driving down the freeway with like those little metal pipes. Yeah. I like, always, that's, I always ooh. think about that. I'm like, ooh, get out of the way of this car. Cause I'm not having one of those go through my windshield.
1: Exactly. <laughs> oh man. To me, all the films are like a blur though. They're like really interconnect because they're more just like scenarios of like, right. ooh, wouldn't this be awful if people died this way?
0: Right. But I mean, they're not, yeah. uh, they're not masterpieces by any means, but I find the concept very fascinating. I find, the um, they're entertaining they're entertaining oh they're very entertaining but i also feel like as as much as people want to say that they're just made for shock value and stuff i feel like a lot of work does go into those films especially the the third one um (laughs) because i've seen the third one so many times i grew up with the third one like i can quote it backwards in front um I've watched the special features like a million times and there's so many, um, on the special features, they like talk about how they did like every single death, every like, it's just, it's a lot of work went into it and the acting's pretty good. I like the care. The reason why I like this, love this one so much is that what this one did that I feel like the other ones did in a, in a sense, but not as well is develop their characters. I feel like you actually care for about these characters, like at, at least the main characters, uh, the main few that are in it the whole time. You really like are invested in them from the mm-hmm. beginning to the end. Um, the third one, in my opinion, also has like some of the best deaths out of the whole series. Um, like there's like a tanning bed death, which is actually oh, there's a third one. Yeah, okay, I do remember. Which is yeah. actually probably my favorite death of all the deaths in the entire series. To be honest with you, that's probably my favorite yeah, one. That one's awful. It is awful. That one's- but, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. I just, I really love this movie. It It's very sentimental to me. Okay. Like, <laughs> it has a, a very big sentimental value to me. So, um, also has Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it. So, I've oh, talked about her in, okay. yeah, in the yeah. first episode and how much I love her. So, that's also another plus to loving okay. the third one is because she's the main girl. So Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's my... Number two, Final Destination 3.
1: All right. So, nice. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. So for my number three pick, we have 2000s film American Psycho.
0: Ooh. Now, have you seen this movie? I have. I've All only right. seen it a handful of times, though. So.
1: Now, this one, yeah, I'd feel it classifies as horror. Oh, yeah. More. Oh, yeah. It's, it's more
0: uh, of a satirical. Type of horror Definitely. movie, though De- it's in satirical
1: in like, like a lot of moments in which it's it's funny fun. and you're feeling like should I be laughing at this? Yeah, you should be laughing. It's supposed to be dumb. It's supposed to be ridiculous. Right. Like the whole scene with their their business cards, like oh, took <laughs> my ivory number three embossed <laughs> yeah. seven business card, and it's like oh, this is this is garbage. Look at my signature card with its linen. Like it's so ridiculous. And then and you've got
0: th- the legendary scene where he's dancing with the axe and he's got the axe, and he's fucking plastic. To,
1: hip to be square by yeah Hulus in the news yeah <laughs> and it's it's a crazy film but it's also very like it's not your typical like oh this is graphically horror and gory but it's more of like the psychology of someone who becomes so unhinged because of their place in society of what they think they should be that they just snap mm-hmm. and not yeah. like oh i'm snapping because i'm a uh, a blue collar worker and I need to support my family I need to do this and do that and just the weight of all that burden makes you snap but in completely in the opposite direction you have a person who is supposed to be uh, a broker you know and is supposed to look great and they're supposed to be financially healthy and they're supposed to um, have the best business cards the best mm-hmm. suits they're supposed to be very flu- affluent essentially Yeah. and a person who just that's where the satire comes in <laughs> thinks this is ridiculous this is so dumb and in doing so instead of just saying, just uh, attacking the establishment and saying like, "Oh, this is really, really silly. Why are we doing this?" He just snaps and finds outlet through through murdering, yep, and through killing, and be, through becoming a serial killer. Uh, hence the title, "American Psycho." <laughs> However, our narrator, our main character, is a very unreliable narrator too, because by the end of the film, we start to question whether what is occurring is reality, right, or whether it's being fabricated in his mind and that also make, leads us to think like past events did
0: that really happen did it not was it all in his head it was it all in his head yeah, so it's an interesting very
1: great film very cerebral um one of i like christian bale was on the map as a actor before then like mm-hmm. believe it or not christian bale has been acting since he was like 10 god yeah he's been in and, the uh, he's
0: been in the movie industry for a long time Yeah, he was
1: a kid for the movie um uh empire of the sun that was a Spielberg see film. i didn't know that that was I a good movie i didn't
0: know i completely yeah did not know that he was in that movie and then until he was in now.
1: newsies most people know him from newsies mm-hmm. um but this was i feel his breakthrough um like not adult role but like he's no longer a child actor right like, rebranding as i'm not a child actor i'm not cutesy like i am now have matured into roles such as this and this i feel this film really gave him his uh his credibility right to really open up his variety of roles he could take going forward and well deserved
0: because there's like there's i feel like there's always like that one role which is almost kind of like a rite of passage for certain actors and actresses that really like either makes or breaks their career oh yeah definitely and i think you're definitely right about this movie like making his career mm-hmm. going forward um so yeah i agree with you on that cool cool was that on your list no no okay all right Nope, it was not (laughs) but it is a great it's a great film so Mm -hmm. um anything else you want to say about it uh
1: just as always check it out
0: check it out guys if you haven't seen it good film it is a good film um so the next (coughs) one on my list which is what number seven now we've done three so far yeah this was your third one that was my third so my third one is going to be, it's a movie from 2007. It's a vampire movie, which in my opinion is the best vampire movie that has ever been made. Disagree with me if you want, but... Is it Van Helsing? No. Okay. Uh, it's 30 Days of Night.
1: Oh, the, uh, the Alaskan one. Yes. Yeah, okay, okay.
0: So basically for those of you who aren't familiar with this film, um, it's a movie that came out in 2007. And it's about a small Alaskan town that uh, endures 30 days of night in the middle of winter. But on top of that, a bunch of bloodthirsty vampires basically prey upon the town. So not only do they have the weather working against them, they don't have sunlight for 30 days. But now they've got a a big group of vampires going after them. So, um, yeah, I love this movie. The acting in this movie is great from everybody. Like even the supporting characters, like all the acting is great um the vampires are scary as hell Mm -hmm. like the first time i remember the first time i watched this movie i actually rented it or borrowed it from a friend who had it um and it just happened to be during the winter so it was snowing outside it was cold so i think uh watching it during that time really helped me get into the mindset of the movie because Mm -hmm. basically the whole movie like you they do a really great job at um, establishing the setting of the place as well. Like with the tone and the music and the the way they um, light the film. It's just very creepy. I don't know. It's just very cold. It's a very cold film. Like when you watch it, you just feel cold. Like I don't know how else to explain it. No, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel The also... Thing does a really good job oh, with that. Oh, very. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there's also a very like with certain shots, there's a very Kubrick-esque Okay. Aesthetic. I haven't seen the movie, but that's cool. I'll have to show you. We'll have okay. to, we're g- definitely going to do a review on it in the future. But uh, there's a couple of shots in particular that I feel like are very Kubrick-esque. Like, there's a shot of um, one of the characters standing in, like, a jail cell. And it's very, like... Um, what's the word? It's a very um, symmetrical shot. Like, okay. it's very... And it's just a very like slow like zoom in as the characters like talking. Okay. And it's uh, to me it's very Kubrick-esque. That was like Kubrick. Yes.
1: We like we have Hal viewing our, yeah. our characters talking. Okay. Cool. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. The I, I love the vampires. I love the setting. I love the acting. The story. Um, it's very bloody. There's very there's a few. Uh, very very disturbingly bloody scene. So people who are triggered by a lot of violence and gore don't watch this movie. It's not for you. <laughs> but if you if you can handle blood and gore, I suggest you watch this movie. It's a very good film. Um, I like the. I I just really like the way they made the vampires look. Um, they just look really fucking terrifying. They're really <laughs> scary to me. Okay. I don't know. Um, they almost made them almost kind of look like sharks in a way. Because they've got completely black eyes; they don't have any like sort of color except just black. Okay. And then their teeth are very sharp, just very like shark teeth. Okay. In a way. And uh, yeah, I just I love this movie. Um, nothing but good things to say about it. I don't I don't <laughs> think I have any gripes with this movie whatsoever. Really, uh, okay. it's got a good sense of pacing. I mean, there are times when it, when it's a little bit slower in parts where not everything uh not a lot is going on at once but uh yeah it's a good film so 30 days of night is my number three all right nice
1: very nice have to check it out yes it's very good all right now on to my fourth movie and a fitting title for the fourth one so you want to take a guess (laughs) uh give me a hint Uh, came out 2009 okay I don't know if dates help you. Sometimes dates help me with me uh, Sometimes,
0: movies. but I, I, uh, there's a lot of movies that came out in 2009. So I feel
1: 2009. Like. This is uh, an interesting horror film in the sense that it plays off almost like a mockumentary, as well. Okay. Um, I think the mil- the film is phenomenal. I think it's creepy, but it doesn't ter- necessarily terrify me. Mm-hmm. But it freaks Swayze out. She absolutely is terrified by this film, which says a lot because she doesn't really get freaked out watching. Oh, films.
0: okay. Is it Paranormal Activity? It's not Paranormal Activity. Uh, okay. But that's a good guess. Because that one did come out in 2009.
1: Mm. So, oh, so it's 2009 like, was a good
0: year then. It was, yeah.
1: So this one is The Fourth Kind.
0: Oh, my God. And, uh, well, I can see why that freaks Swayze <laughs> out because it freaks me out every time I watch it, too. I that love movie is terrifying. This movie.
1: It's so scary, it's so unsettling. Like, I am a little bit of a UFO enthusiast. I think the, the ideas of aliens and just, like, something being out there, like, is super cool to me. Uh, if this were the X-Files, I'm very much, like, a, a, a Mulder. And Swayze right. is, like, Scully, because she's like, oh, aliens don't <laughs> exist. Even though she doesn't really believe in them, the idea of them terrifies her. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like, oh, no, something's out there. That'd be awesome. That'd be really oh, yeah. cool. Like, it'd be really... But seeing this film
0: <laughs> really did make it feel scary, though. You're like, maybe I don't want to encounter aliens in the future.
1: It was a really well-made film for a PG-13 film, no less, which is very surprising to me. Not saying PG-13 films can't be scary, but, like, once you get that R rating, you could really push the envelope, really make the, oh, yeah. the, the audience feel uncomfortable. But at, for a PG-13 film, it managed to do a really good job of that. And I think in my shoes, specifically, um, I come from a little bit of, like, a Catholic upbringing. Right. So the film, it's... It's clever in the way that it plays off of like almost supernatural mm-hmm. tropes with the alien abductions and with the alien encounters. And I think that also plays not on those who are authentically terrified of aliens, but also those who are scared of the unknown and scared right. of like the supernatural entities of ghosts and spirits and that's what tripped me out. That's mm-hmm. what kind of freaked me out of the of the movie itself. And it kind of plays off of like a Blair Witch. Like Aesthetic. is this real? Yeah, you know, like the whole time, like the the making of the film, the promotion, the promoting of the film, uh, the cast and crew, really make it seem like these were true events that are being reenacted for the camera. It's not true. So It's, sorry, not, sorry. Based on, yeah. it's not based it's on not anything based on in any anything reality. Real. Okay, because
0: real. I mean. At first I thought maybe it was based off of something that actually happened to people in this town. But they did such but... a good job, right? Oh, Just right. like the Blood
1: Witch project. So I'm sorry to burst Listeners' bubbles if you guys saw like, oh fourth kind, that's based on real like it's not, actually. They they played around with their wording a little bit so that you can't pursue
0: legal right.
1: like this made it seem like it was real. No, it's not. But with that thought going into it, it makes it much more creepy.
0: Well, and the fact that they threw in like, uh, you know, obviously you know who Mila Yokovic is, exactly. like as like the actor, but then they put like, they do like a, almost like a side by side thing with an actual, like it looks like an actual person. That's yeah, supposed and they, to, they, 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 say, they like she's reenacting, her, yeah. right? So it's like it adds that level of like authenticity to me, yeah. where it's like, oh, it and it's really, oh, there's just some like really jarring and disturbing imagery in this film without it really even being like overly disturbing. Oh totally. I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's just. It's
1: very suspenseful. It's
0: its terrifying.
1: It's I like, don't it's know. It's like a ticking bomb like you don't know when something's gonna happen. It just makes it all the more terrifying.
0: Right. Right. It's a terrifying movie. So I will.
1: If you guys want to have a really really creepy night go home put on the fourth kind turn off all your lights and just watch a movie. It's a good one. It's a very creepy film. It's very creepy. The only thing that technically is real, though, in the uh, the film is the end credits, where well, as the credits are rolling, there's different phone calls from people to, oh. like, law enforcement or to family members or to um, whatever... Of people saying like, Oh, I saw this really big light flying in from here and I don't know what it is and then it's just like so those are actual phone calls that people had. That's creepy. Claiming that they've seen like a UFO right. or something. But that's it. That's that's oh. the only actual real thing. But still to imagine <sighs> if like the yeah. story happened.
0: Well Good film. And Good movie. I mean, I believe in aliens one hundred percent. I you know, when people talk about their experiences with being abducted, like I'm like that. It sounds terrifying. I so. hope that never happens
1: to me. Like, so I'm from uh, from California, uh, a little place near the Mojave Desert, mm-hmm. and there has been times where me and my siblings we've experienced things that are pretty weird. Right. I don't want to I don't want to call them UFO experiences, but they're un- they're not easily explainable. Yeah, like um, one time me. My brother are in the back seat, and we're younger. We're like maybe 12 years old, and my father and my uncle are in the front seat. And we're driving down the highway, and we see. My brother points it out to me, like, "Look, what's that? What well, looks like this red orb thing, kind of flying really low hmm. on the distance, kind of matching our speed, uh-huh. driving the highway. And from what it looks like, it's far away enough to be behind the houses that it was going under, but close enough to be in front of the mountains." It weird. Like, and it was matching our speed, and as we stop, we we go off the freeway and we stop at an intersection. It kind of stops with us, oh, and it kind of gets closer for a bit, and then it just turns off like a flashlight. Just that's weird. No sounds, no nothing. As this whole thing's happening, I'm like trying to deduce like is this a is this a glare off mm-hmm. of a window? Is it a light? bring down the window, poke my head out the window looking at it, and no, nothing. And it's this just soft, like, red light. Like, if you were to put, like, a quarter up into the sky, that's, like, about the the, the size of how big it was. Yeah. And super weird. And then a second time that something weird happened, and this was, like, my whole family was involved. Uh, At this point, I'm college age. I'm visiting uh, my folks back at home, sleeping in, like, the guest bedroom that they have for us. Uh, And I hear what sounds like this buzzing sound like a motor kind of Mm like when it goes away yeah 10 minutes or so later and it's a little bit longer by the fourth time you hear it and then it stops and it just maintains like this volume and then it goes away at this point Weird. I'm freaking out because I'm like, I'm half awake, half asleep. Like, what is going on? You're
0: like, am I having a sleep paralysis episode yeah, I had here? I have no idea. I go upstairs, <laughs>
1: go to my brother's room. He's like, yeah, You hear that? He's like, Yeah, I hear that. Go to my parents' room. My mom is also awake. So everyone hears this. It's not Weird. just in my head. They're also fully awake. The only person who's not awake is my dad. My dad is annoyed by the whole situation. <laughs> yeah. Like, Guys, it's just it's just a uh, Air Force nearby. They're just doing testing. It's just just go back to bed. He wasn't having any of it. <laughs> hmm at that point the sounds had stopped, but it was weird. It was concerning. And as soon as the sound stopped, all the dogs in the neighborhood, it seemed like started barking like that. Weird. Nice. It was like, like owners of houses are going outside, like, why are you barking? What's going on? So it was a weird situation. Oh, well, you
0: know the dogs can sense that shit. Yeah, they exactly. Can, you
1: know. So that was a weird experience. Um where I'm from, it is right by a US Air Force base. Right. So it could have been experimental testing mm-hmm. of a new aircraft. But the thing is, it wasn't something that was normal. It, it was wasn't a normal sound. It wasn't a normal plane that the public is made aware of. It wasn't... Um, it could have been experimental Air Force testing, but it was unidentified still. So right. you could call it a UFO. Yeah. So that's my argument with that. <laughs> uh, and yeah, the, uh, a bit of a tangent, but I thought, like, we're talking about the fourth kind. It'd be cool Might talk well. about Right, exactly. And, and it's always
0: fun to throw in, like, your... Uh... <sighs> paranormal ufo type of experiences Mm -hmm. i have a lot of paranormal experiences that i would (laughs) like to share at some point on the show yeah um when we get into it because yeah since it's like not just a we haven't advertised it as just a horror movie podcast Uh it's just a horror podcast in general and i feel like that kind of stuff falls into the category of like horror because it's something that is unknown and something Uh that scares us and Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'd like to eventually do some episodes where we do like story time episodes where we, where we talk about our experiences. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I have a lot. I could do (laughs) probably two or three episodes chocked full of just paranormal experiences that I've had in my lifetime. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll save that for other times. Yes. But uh, the fourth kind, that's, that's my number four movie. Good movie to have. So, Ooh, I'm excited to talk about this movie. So this is a, uh, movie from 2007. So, so far we've kept a consistent pattern. I've had two from 06 and two from 07 now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, this is a lesser known movie. I know that it, uh, got circulated through the, the film festival circuit. Um, but it never got like a super wide theatrical release. I don't even think it got a re- theatrical release period. Um. But this is a super, super underrated horror film, and for people that haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It's a documentary-style horror film. Do you want to take a guess on what that is? 2006? 2007. Seven. Documentary horror. And I don't blame you if you haven't heard of it, because it's a very... I'm surprised I even know about it. I don't even remember the first time I ever watched it, to be honest with you. I don't know. That's how obscure sure it was that. to me at the time. Um, that would be the Poughkeepsie tapes. Yeah, I don't know. You've never heard of I've it. Never heard of it. Okay, so uh, for people that haven't heard of it, it's basically a documentary, which is almost kind of like the fourth kind. It's made out to be like this real thing that actually happened. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's about this serial killer that was going around killing people, but he has tapes of every single victim that he's ever like murdered. So throughout the court, it's almost like a documentary like that you'd watch on the Discovery Channel, but. Um, they go through like throughout the course of the film, they show you like different tapes that like were recorded by him. Okay. And it's, it's a super fucking disturbing movie in my <laughs> opinion, because it, um, the fact that it's, it's filmed on a VHS camcorder. So like, you That's know, like, like a the Blair old, witch quality. It has like a Blair witch quality, but like the way they, I don't know if they edited it in post. I'm sure they probably did some editing in post. Um, but they do, like, you know, the way the VHS tapes, like, wave, like, the way the the camera, or the the film, like, waves, and you got, like, those weird, like, in-and-out type Uh of static type of, like, looks. That's basically what the movie is pretty much the entire time, and that almost adds to the feel of, like, the disturbing nature of it because it makes it feel more real. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, there are some disturbing fucking things that happen in this film, like, Um, there's one character specifically that he, like, kidnaps and basically keeps as a slave type of thing, and there's some, like, there isn't, like, any, like, rape scenes per se in this, like, at all. I mean, he makes comments about, like, rape and stuff, um, but no rape scenes in the film at all, so... That's a plus because okay. I, I don't like rapey stuff. That's like one thing that I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah, not um, cool. I can handle the gore. I can handle the the horror, the fright type of stuff. When it comes to rape stuff, I'm not a big fan. Never have been. Never will be. I can't watch, stomach yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this movie is like super fucking disturbing, and uh, I guar I highly recommend it to people that haven't heard of it or are interested in, like, movies of this type. Um, it's a very good film. Very well acted. Uh, very well directed. Yeah, super disturbing. I love it. All right. <laughs> and, uh, the, yeah, that's my number four, the Poughkeepsie tape, so. C- c- P- Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie, all right. Poughkeepsie. It's supposed to be a town in New York, I think. Poughkeepsie. Yeah. My brain is so all it's over based it. on a real town, and so I, I think it's cool that they, they market it to be a real thing. Okay. Yeah, and it was a very low-budget film. Um, it's actually cool because I watched a behind-the-scenes thing about it, and there's a scene where there's like a SWAT team that raids the killer's house, but he's already gone, but his tapes are left behind, and that's mm-hmm. obviously how they find him in the first place. But it's really cool because they were talking about how when they filmed the SWAT team, when you imagine a SWAT team, you imagine, like, a huge fucking group of people. Like, yeah. 20 or 30 different people raiding this house. They only had... They only had, I think, five or six people posing as extras as the SWAT team. So they had to be creative with the way they filmed it. So they would, they would film it in a way where they would follow two people in that were SWAT to make it look like they were, you know... And then they would have a couple of other people come from the back to make it look like they were a
1: huge team, like a huge, huge team. And then they would
0: like seamlessly like edit it to make it seem like there were more people coming in, continuing to file in. Mm-hmm. But it was like the same six people. So it's like really cool the way they like <laughs> messed with uh, like the editing yeah. type of thing, That's like funny. on a low budget. And for like a low budget film, it's like I said, very, very disturbing. Very scary, like... I mean, I'm paranoid enough with shit like that. Like, I listen to so many true crime podcasts. I, I, you know, I'm very into the true crime thing. And so I'm already paranoid enough. I make sure my door is locked at all times. Doesn't matter if I'm home during the day. Like, my door is locked. I don't care. (laughs) This movie definitely solidified the fact why I keep my doors locked. Because this movie is, like, terrifying in the sense that this could happen to anybody, really, you know? It's it's very realistic in the sense that they play on that. They play on the realism of it and the disturbing nature of, like, what goes on in these killers' heads, like, mm-hmm. that makes them so demented. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that's why that this movie is on my list. So, the Poughkeepsie tapes. The Poughkeepsie tapes. Yes. All right, awesome. Hey, you said it this time. I You got through I it. I tried really hard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, so... My next one, number five, is actually also a remake. Ooh, okay. It's a remake of a 90s film. Okay. A foreign film. Uh, came out in 2007, and it's called Funny Games.
0: Ooh. Have you seen this? Yes, it has Naomi Watts it has and Tim uh, Roth. Tim Roth As yeah. He's a
1: father, yeah. That
0: movie.
1: Ah, that movie's a trip. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong, because
0: it's been a while
1: since I've seen it, so I'm a little hazy on the details, but it's a family that goes to their beach home, and like the, the marriage between the mother and husband kind of falling apart it's a little bit in shambles and then these two well-intentioned guys Mm -hmm. manage to not break into their home by force but convince themselves into their home and then keeps them captive yeah and then one by one start slowly killing off the family yeah and they just start playing horrible like just mind manipulations with them like saying awful things Mm -hmm. making them do stuff um it's it's a very well like shot film the cinematography was oh, yeah. really Definitely. good the direction is really good the acting was phenomenal um i haven't seen the original german version cuz i think it's, I the, it's a german film yeah uh, this is an american remake but it's so good it's it so is good. good i really liked
0: it um admittedly though i've only ever seen it once i think because it it's one did. of those movies that i can't and i i even read somewhere that it's on a list of movies that you you can watch once in your life and never have to watch it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and not necessarily because it's not a good film, but because I think as far as slow burn movies goes, it's pretty slow. That is, is so true. So slow and like, um, and it's not even, I mean, it's disturbing. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but I think the reason why I could never watch it again is just because I don't, I don't even know how to explain why I couldn't watch it again. It's just not a movie that one times you know, enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it but it's a good it's a great film. It is great. Like the first time I watched it, I was engaged. I was disturbed like um also don't mind that humming noise in the background. That would be our refrigerator. We'll cut it out in post. Right, funny. right. Um but uh yeah, it's good. Good yeah. film. And that's that's my number 5. Anything else you want to say about it? Uh kind of breeze through that one a little bit so
1: <laughs> again like i'm saying like it's been a while since i've seen it yeah so, like I remember... and i've only
0: seen it once so i can't provide much commentary on that yeah but... it's
1: i remember it was being impactful like i don't want to spoil anything but there's certain shots that are really well done almost artsy in mm-hmm. a way. yeah um, so not your typical horror film i would almost call it like an like an like an art house horror film yeah if, if if i go as far as to say that but it's a good movie it's a good movie good one to have so yeah
0: so, the next one on my list is a film that came out in 2005, and it's a foreign horror film. It's an Australian horror film. Do you want to take a guess on what that is?
1: I don't even know if I know Australian movies, besides Mad Max.
0: I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, Wolf Creek. I don't know it. You've never, you heard, of never it. heard of Wolf Creek. Really? Yeah. Okay, so it's loosely, I, am, I mean, it's loosely based off an actual serial killer called Ivan Milan. I think that's his name. He was called the Backpack Killer. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, um, but basically, he was a killer like during the '90s that killed a bunch of like foreigners, like backpackers, and even people that were native to Australia. Um, okay. um, so it's basically loosely based off of him, but the things that happened in the film aren't based on any sort of—I don't think any sort of truth. Okay. Um, but basically, it's about a, a group of like three people that go to see this like crater. It's called Wolf Creek Crater in Australia. I don't even think it's a real crater. I think they made it, made it up. But okay. uh, basically, um, they visit this crater, and then they go back to their car, and their car won't start. And then um, they're kind of sitting there in the dark, kind of sitting in their car, and all of a sudden you see like these headlights come up behind them, and there's this guy that come, gets out, and his name's Mick Taylor. That's his name in the film. Um, this kind of sounds familiar. And he basically takes them back to his camp, telling them that he'll fix their car. He basically tows their car back to like this camp in the middle of nowhere, and basically one by one, he like, well, yeah, he starts killing them off, kind of thing. But uh, the thing that I find interesting is I don't, I don't want to spoil anything really. Um, but they kind of do like a, a surprise twist. To where you think that um, a certain person is gonna be like the main person the whole movie, not the case. was like a psycho situation. Right, right. right. Okay. Like it's almost kind of like a red herring where you think that like this person's gonna like hold the movie through from like beginning to end, and yeah, no, that doesn't happen. Um, that's as far as I'll go. I won't say anything more for, other than that. But um, pretty disturbing film. There's some disturbing imagery. The ki- uh, the killer. That's play, or the guy that plays the killer. I can't remember his name at the moment, but uh, fantastic in this film. The acting's amazing. Um, it's it's shot on more of like a low budget. Um, Wolf Creek 2, that came out in 2014, was shot on a much higher budget, and you can definitely tell, but it's made by the same director. Um, but yeah, this uh, it's one of those classic horror movies that I feel like a lot of people consider a classic uh very disturbing very fun movie i love it so that is my number what my number five five? i think yeah is wolf creek so right cool awesome all right horror guys and gals so with that being the midpoint of this episode we are going to take a quick break and we are going to talk to you about our sponsor Alright, guys, welcome back. Uh, we are now on our final five <coughs> on our top ten list of favorite horror movies of the 2000s. So, from sorry, your coughing threw I'm me dying, off a little I'm bit. Dying um, right. I'm good. I'm good. Keep <laughs> so, if uh, Roman, if you want to start us off with your number six.
1: Alright. So, my number six it came out in 2004. You want to take a guess? Take a guess?
0: Okay. Um, it started. Is it a horror with... comedy?
1: Not a horror comedy, but it started an entire
0: franchise. Oh, okay. I know this one. It's Saw. Yeah,
1: it's Saw. Woo! That's it, it, guys. It's Saw. So, yeah, the sixth film of mine is Saw. Um, Surprisingly, though, I don't really like Saw films. Like, I feel they're a little gratuitous with their violence. I feel. Well, certainly after the first one,
0: they definitely got more.
1: But the first one's still good. Right. It's the least violence out of all of them. And it's very psychological. And directed by James Wan. Horror master. Like my favorite like modern horror right. filmmaker. We're yeah. talking about the guy. Conjuring. Insidious. All those really good oh, movies. Oh, Dead
0: Silence is a good one.
1: That's the one I still have to see. Yeah, that's, that's another one where one like, one I was a kid.
0: I was too scared to watch. But yeah.
1: If it's James Wan, <laughs> yeah, I gotta check that out. But yeah, so Saw. Saw's on my list right there. Is Did that make it on your top ten? No, really. Yeah, I'm actually surprised. I know.
0: Okay. Um, I actually, I actually prefer the the second and third ones to the first one. Okay. I get that. I understand that the first one's what started it all. Yeah. So I do give it all credit, like where it rightfully deserves credit. But as far as like enjoyability, I do prefer the second and third one. Okay. And then after that, the rest of them are just you kind know, of. Yeah, I don't know how far they went. Five? <laughs> no, there's eight now. <laughs> because why? Saw three oh, Saw three D was the seventh one, and that came out back in i I want to say twenty eleven, maybe twenty twelve, okay. around that time. And then Jigsaw came out a couple years ago.
1: Oh yeah, I forgot about that.
0: Which we didn't need it, but whatever. I mean, <laughs> really, whatever it. reasons they can find to make more money, I guess. But uh, yeah. But yeah, no. Tell tell me. Let us know why you like Saw so much. Why is that on your list? <clears throat> Uh, so this is
1: kind of the same situation with, uh, funny games. It's been such a while since I've seen it. Yeah. But I just remember the concept of it being very, like, it's hard to think about back in a time where films didn't have the concept of like, oh, there's a a mastermind and you're stuck in this one, like, uh, enclosed space and you have to try to find a way to get out and like, you have to use your wits, but the time is ticking, time is ticking on your livelihood or like a, a limb or like those mind games and elements. Um, yeah, I really feel like we didn't really see that in cinema until movies like Solo. So, so right. I think that's what I give it credit for, like just okay. seeing stuff like that, like just being trapped. Uh, in, was it the first movie that had the the bear trap? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember thinking, "Oh, it's so gruesome! Oh, so oh, yeah! How twisted do you have to be to think of something like that." But yeah, it's I remember enjoying it. Like it's that that tension of knowing, like, a train wreck can happen at any moment. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: Uh, that's why I enjoy the film. Uh... I enjoy, like, the... Um, <coughs> there's some parts of it that give me, like, major uh, Seven vibes. Yeah. I don't know if it's because of, like, the... I love Seven. The atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, when they go down in the basement, it's all foggy. And yeah. the color palettes, like, mm-hmm. the greenish, like, hue uh, definitely gives, like, Seven vibes in that aspect. Um, also... I like the fact that um, when James Wan and Lee Wan L came up with the concept, I think they were fresh out of film school, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and they had to come up with like a cheap. They came up with like a cheap, affordable, like way to make a good film, and so like most of the movie takes place in that one room. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's really what they had to work with was, you know, having a setting where it takes place in one room with just two characters going back and forth. And, you know, obviously there's things that happen um, during the majority of the film that's not taking place in that room, but that's where the majority of the film takes mm-hmm. place. And taking
1: advantage of the limitations that they have right. as filmmakers.
0: Right, so I love I love the innovation that went into making this film. So that's something else I kind of wanted to add to your uh, list of reasons why you like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Gotcha. From, I also like it from, like, the technical standpoint and like the fact that they had um a limited budget you know not a whole lot to work with but they made with what they had a great film I think that you know really started a franchise so hats off to you James Wan for <laughs> there you, go. you know and starting, like, once again yeah franchises
1: saw right. Insidious. the Warrens with the Conjuring films and the Annabelle and all those stuff. Good mm-hmm. stuff.
0: Such a such a genius when it comes to making movies. And not only that, but he he's also branched out and made other movies that weren't horror films. Like, mm-hmm. what was it, Aquaman? Did he direct Aquaman? He did. Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty cool. He can, Which is like, interesting, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I
1: love it when filmmakers branch out and start to do stuff that that's not their comfort zone because it makes you think, how is this going to play out? Right. I haven't seen Aquaman, but her heard it was... In-
0: wasn't bad right was pretty decent yeah that's a great one to have on your list
1: yeah so there we go so, Saw
0: Saw from 2004 it's a good one that was one. a while ago yeah so my next one is a film from 2001 it's a, a horror thriller do you want to take a guess on what it is
1: 2001 horror thriller she got me I don't know
0: Joyride Joyride why is this sound familiar It's about the one where the two brothers are uh, going cross-country to pick up this one girl that the... uh, uh, What is his name? It's a horror movie? Yeah, it is a horror movie. uh, Where the character, the main character, he's going to pick up this girl that he likes. He's going on a road trip, and he has to pick up his brother from jail. Okay. And then they, like, end up playing a prank on this truck driver, pretending to be a woman, like, over the the little radio thing that they okay. use.
1: Okay, and it's like a a homicidal trucker. That's yes, to get to yeah.
0: Them. And so basically when he finds out that it's like all a joke, he like basically goes after all of them.
1: Okay, that sounds really familiar. I might have seen it like way, way back when.
0: It has uh, Paul Walker in it. Okay. The late, great Paul Walker. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, this movie came out in no 01. It's a great movie, great acting. I love the story. This it's like the simplicity of the story is what I love Um, and how they took such a simple plot and made it into like this, like never ending tension building, like horror film. Like, I just love it. I love, I love everything about it. I love the cinematography. I love even the character of the truck itself. Like even the truck itself is a character in this film. Like, that the way they the way they shoot this film, there's like a s- specifically a cool fucking shot that I love so much from this film where they're all by a cornfield and they've got it lit to you know like you can see uh, they've got the horizon lit mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden like from far away you just see like the headlights of the light of the truck come on and like start chasing them and then there it's like there's like this cool like sequence where the truck is chasing them through the cornfield. Mm-hmm. so cool such a good movie <laughs> and like the climax of this movie is pretty intense too um, but yeah I won't get into it as, as far as that but uh yeah good movie Sweet. great acting great directing love it Very it's nice. a good it's a good thrill ride no pun intended <laughs> pun intended actually <laughs> but uh yeah so for those of you who haven't seen this movie or if I mean very faintly heard about this movie, I highly recommend you guys watch it because it is a great film. So that's my number, what, number six? Yeah, yeah. So Joyride, so. All right, sweet. Joyride.
1: Yeah. On to number seven, right? Our number sevens? Yeah, yep. Okay, so for my number seven, this movie, I feel when it came out, was kind of polarizing. Mm -hmm. Some people liked it. I hated the ending some people hated it altogether. some people thought it was a subtle masterpiece it's a bit of a slow burn it's not an outright horror film but it's a very unnerving film and it sets a um, a kind of suspenseful atmosphere like very haunting
0: atmosphere can I guess what it is before you say it sure yeah is it The Ring
1: it's not The Ring oh
0: okay I don't know why oh 2004 duh yeah, that was close.
1: Okay, but not the ring. You want to give another guess or not? No. Nah, I'll let okay. You. So, two thousand four. Night Shyamalan's the village.
0: I love. You like this that movie? movie. Okay. I do. I and I, and I really I love the, the ending.
1: I thought the ending was weird, but it didn't take me away from the experience.
0: I thought the ending was genius. To was... be completely honest with you, I <laughs> loved it because the entire time you think it's set in like. Like, the 1800s, Puritan like, the period yeah. times, yeah, and so, like, when you find out at the end, I don't want to spoil it.
1: To, like, the people who haven't seen it? Yeah, exactly. No, that's fine, yeah, that's true. But that's when fair. you
0: find out what's really going on at the end, you're like, holy fuck, really? Like, it's, yeah,
1: it's a crazy movie. The yeah. set designs are great, the costume work is great, the cinematography is phenomenal. I don't remember if it got any award nominations, if it got any I don't award not to recognition, be honest with you. Yeah. But... I remember it was a very interesting film. I really enjoyed it, and I know some people that really didn't like it. So, you know, either way, you gotta respect the craft, though. You gotta respect the the work that went into the film. Oh, for so sure, that was really good.
0: For sure. Uh, but yeah, The Village. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was that on your list at all or not?
1: No. Okay.
0: Um, but I do have an M Night Shyamalan on my uh, on my list. So. Oh okay. Yeah. yeah. At least I thought I did. Where is it? Am I looking at the wrong list? <laughs> I'm confused. Maybe you
1: tacked uh, it on in honorable mentions?
0: I must have, because okay. I'm not seeing it on my like actual list now. But I could have sworn it was on there. <laughs> it's a 90s film. Oh, <laughs> not a I, 2000s I film. I wonder what movie the So, I'm looking at the wrong list. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. That was... um a blonde, dumb moment on my part. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that that's embarrassing. Anyway, <laughs> I'm, like, sitting here like, why isn't it I know I wrote this on my list. Why is it not here? And then I flipped the page, and I was like, <laughs> it was in 99, not 2000. So, huh. sorry, guys, for that little brain fart of mine. Um, <laughs> but back to the matter at hand, anything else you want to say about The Village?
1: Yeah, it's just a great film.
0: all right
1: spooky film
0: that's it oh yeah very spooky (laughs) um so this next film is also from oh one came out in 2001 Mm -hmm. um i debated whether or not i should put this on my list just because of the controversy that surrounds this film um i i won't get into the controversy we'll talk about it when we actually get into the film itself Okay, but there there's a little bit of a controversy <laughs> with the director of this film, um, and I'm sure most people that like, oh, I think I know this, are familiar with it now. Will know what I'm talking about. But uh, this film is is Jeepers Creepers, from 2001. Jeepers Creepers, pick up <laughs> Yes, <laughs> and as I said in the first episode, this was one of the very first uh, horror films that I was ever introduced to as a child, and. It gave me nightmares for months, and it terrified me, and I just, I love this movie. To this day, I still love this movie. Um, there are cer- certain parts of that mo- of this movie that don't stand the test of time as well, I guess, you could in say. Age I guess particularly as, well? as, as far as um, certain, like, visual effects go. Like, uh, okay. uh, when he's down in the cellar, and the bodies, the bodies don't look... Very good. They're convincing. No, mm. but then I guess at the same time you can argue that the some of those bodies have been down there for a long time, so they yeah. had a, kind of have like that, like uh, what's the word, preserved look. So I guess you can argue that, sure, they don't look like real humans, but they've also been down there for hundreds and hundreds of years. So yeah. I yeah, so that's I mean that's just a small gripe, honestly. Otherwise, I love the acting in this movie. Um, Justin Long and Gina Phillips, they're both. Fucking fantastic in this movie. <laughs> Justin Long went on to do some pretty good things. Gina yeah. Phillips kind of... She didn't do a whole lot after Jeepers Creepers, which kind of makes me sad because... I mean, she's been in a handful of things, but not a whole lot of well-known things. Like, she's been in a few other horror movies, um, but nothing, like, worth noting. No offense. <laughs> but it kind of makes me sad because she she's great in this movie. They're both great in this movie, and that's one thing that I love so much about this movie... Aside from like all of like the, the horror elements of it, the brother and sister relationship. you could not have found two better actors to play these parts because the two of them together, like you would believe they were brother and sister in real life. Like it's amazing like how well they work off each other and how well they act with each other. and um, also, I love the look of the creeper. I mm-hmm. love he's probably me, probably my favorite creature. Like it, I guess you could say it's a creature feature type of movie. Yeah. He's probably my favorite like aside from Alien, the way the alien looks in Alien, he's probably my favorite creature. Like the look of him. Okay. Like especially like at the end when you know his like face opens up and you've got that yeah, he got that whole like creepy looking, I don't know, sci-fi Kind of, yeah. Spoiler alert. Sorry, guys. I mean, it's almost a 20-year-old
1: movie now. That's true. So if you haven't seen
0: this movie, it's almost 20 years old. So sorry, but not sorry that I spoiled that for you. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, I I just love... um, I love the concept of this, too. Um, I know that it's basically like the director took direct... uh, reference from an unsolved mysteries episode it's literally oh really yes literally oh. the opening of this movie is almost shot for shot like an unsolved mysteries i episode. loved watching that show as a kid
1: though yeah show on S- syndication i don't know where but that was that was a creepy show too yeah
0: so he got he definitely got direct inspiration from that episode but still it's a very great standalone film mm-hmm. so can't say the can't say it for the rest of the films. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is okay. I th- I find it enjoyable on some aspects, but the first one, in my opinion, is probably the only good one out of the series. I'm 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 waiting for another good one to come out. But with all the controversy surrounding the director, I don't know if another film will be made by him, which understandable. So, but it, it like I said, it was it was hard for me, to. Um, decide whether I wanted to put this on my list or not just because it is a controversial controversial film you know Um, but at the end of the day I feel like you can separate a film from the director like you can love a really good film but not have to necessarily like the director you can appreciate the director for what he provided Mm -hmm. to the film you don't necessarily have to like the director so I had to separate myself from that I had to you know kind of be like Yes, the movie's great. I love this movie. Don't like the director, but I can still have it on my list. Yeah. So, judge me if you want to, but yeah. Deeper's Creepers is my number seven, so. Deeper's Creepers. Great movie. There you go. Man,
1: it's so weird that it's
0: almost... Almost 20 years old, (laughs) I know. It's insane.
1: Bizarre to think about. Yeah. But right, then. So, my next film, number, what, eight now? Yeah. Right Yep. Came out 2007. What do you guess? Mm. More of a thriller. Uh, Kind of a true crime type of film.
0: 2007. Big Uh, name director. A lot of
1: well known A list actors.
0: Shit, I don't know. What is it?
1: (coughs) So, directed by David Fincher, 2007's Zodiac.
0: Oh, pfft. Okay, I feel stupid now. <laughs> that almost
1: did not make my list because I forgot that that was in two, in the two thousands, and my God, not only is that one of my favorite, like, thriller type of films, it's I think it's my absolute favorite Fincher film, and it's uh, it is a long burn. It is a two oh, yeah. and a half hour movie. It follows a story about the infamous Zodiac killer in the nineteen seventies, and a young, fresh off the block. Uh, news reporter who's trying to cover the story and figure out the dots, makes friends with local police departments to try to find this killer. Now, the movie is very speculative on who the killer really is, because mm-hmm. uh, as you listeners may or may not know, this is still considered an open case. A case in which there is no suspect who was deemed guilty right. of these crimes. So the movie does take its own speculation who it may be. Um, I feel like if you follow the case at all, it's it's kind of on the nose. I think there's oh yeah, it, it, it makes sense who they choose, but it's such a well done movie, such a well directed film. There's, uh, have you seen Zodiac? I have. Okay, yeah. so all of the the blood, the killing that's shown mm-hmm. on the film, is all digital effects and none of it's practical. Wow, and it's very convincing.
0: See, I didn't know that. So David
1: Fincher, he's he's a filmmaker director that. Likes using CGI, but so minimally. Mm-hmm. And because he uses it minimally, it's very realistic. Oh. Huh. So, yeah. Very cool. Um, I did not know that. Really good movie. Uh, A-list actors I was mentioning. We have Jake Gyllenhaal. We have Mark Ruffalo. We have Robert Downey Jr. We have Chloe. I'm going to butcher last name.
0: Severing? Se- Severing something. You, you know, know what I'm talking about, talking- right? Yeah. yeah, she's
1: blonde, yeah. and she's a, uh, at the time, youngest actress. She's now probably middle-aged at this yeah. point. But, yeah, yeah. like... A lot of really heavy-hitting actors, a lot of really heavy-hitting performances. Um, I would say if you love horror, specifically if you love true crimes, this is a really good true crime film. And got horribly snubbed in the Oscars, really just because of the timing of when the movie was released. It released January of 2007.
0: Which normally January movies, like if you're in the horror genre, uh-huh. are deemed like already like deemed horrible movies. Yeah. So if like there's Well, January
1: movie. is just like a it's a dry spell month for any right. films. Like you don't yeah. want to release a film in January unless it's like a, a quick and easy buck. But mm-hmm. especially true if you want to get a film in the award circuits, like December's a cutoff. January right. by January, if you release a film like let's okay, so uh Zodiac release January of two thousand seven. That means it'd be eligible for the Academy Awards of two thousand eight, the next year. People won't remember all the way back yeah, to January yeah. like, to trying to get like your the focus of your film and the the um, just to the public kind of just like the buzz about it. January is way too early and people remember it. The the one movie that managed to do it despite all odds would be The Matrix. Yeah. The Matrix released uh, in on a January, and it won a couple Oscars too, so yeah. Not that Oscars are everything, but uh, I'm a filmmaker, so
0: I follow <laughs> that a lot. So. Yes.
1: But Zodiac, regardless of the fact that it kind of got a lot of snubs, even though I think it should have gotten a lot more... Praise. Praise, more exposure, really. Oh, for sure. Um, I'd highly recommend it. It's
0: a very good film.
1: If you have time to spend. It is like two and a half hour, movie, like two hours
0: minutes it's pretty long it is a long yeah film. yeah it's a good one so that's a good choice but yeah zodiac i like that one so my next one is a found footage film from 2008 can you guess what it is
1: is it cloverfield
0: yeah oh is it really yeah, okay, okay it cool, is sweet. cloverfield nice. yep very nice i i fucking love this movie <laughs> i for found footage like i i have my um gripes about found footage movies because sometimes they can be a little gimmicky but there are like a handful of found footage movies that I really 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 love and this is one of them this fits into that category of like one of the best found footage movies ever made Mm -hmm. and I love um what I love most about this movie is that like so much secrecy went into filming this movie Mm -hmm. at the time like I remember I remember this movie was big back in 2008 like when the trailer first like aired. Yeah. Like it was big like people like I was There was hyped. buzz everywhere. I remember even, adds, Yeah.
1: Like trailers, talks and it was like it was there was buzz about it because it was so secretive.
0: Yeah, nobody like, knew what yeah. this movie was like it it was it just came out of nowhere uh-huh. really. And so like I never got the pleasure of seeing this movie in the theater unfortunately.
1: I did. Oh, lucky. Um, so Cloverfield is not on my list. It's on my honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, the being the reason being is like it's a great film. It's mm-hmm. a really good film. The whole premise of it is so cool, and I really like like kaiju monster films. So we're yeah. talking about like Japanese like oh big monsters. So like, like Godzilla. Godzilla, Mothra. So Cloverfield definitely feels like a love letter to those kind of movies too. Oh, definitely. And I really like that. But with that being said. It does such justice to the found footage genre oh, that sure. it embraces not only its positive aspects, but also maybe its negative aspects.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Being that this was a really good movie to watch, like maybe at home yeah, on, a, on your, your your large screen TV, but on a movie theater screen blown up way big, that movie was so easy to feel motion sick. Oh, camera, well, yeah, like, I've heard like so many people had to
0: walk out during yeah. that, this movie because like, I don't
1: get motion sickness much, but watching this film I got a little bit of a headache because of how the the shakiness of the film footage. You know? Right. So that aside, I think it was a really good movie. Yeah. Uh, to watch in theaters, though, how was that
0: was a little tough. Yeah. I just think I thought I just thought it was fun because I don't know, you get a sense of who these characters are without, like, too much character development. Like, they set up, like, certain things that, you know, one character's going away to Japan for a new job. Yeah. Another character is, you know, basically the comic relief. So TJ Miller, the one that holds the camera the whole time, he's basically the comic relief. Oh, I love like, TJ
1: Miller now. I forgot he was in that yeah. movie. Yeah,
0: um, <laughs> But, like, for, for like, the... Um, amount of like or what it for the lack of character development that this movie has it still has like enough character development that you like care about these characters Like you want them to get through this like you want them to survive you're like rooting for them essentially to make it to the end and uh i don't know i just love i love just the whole found footage aspect of it because especially when shit starts going down it just feels so real yeah Like, they they do a really good job at making it look so fucking real. Like, even when I watch it, I'm still like, oh, geez, like, this looks like something that would really happen. I Mm -hmm. don't know. It's just scary. It is, like, a whole, like, the whole situation. It's not, like, it's not a horror movie in the sense that, like, anything, like, super terrifying happens, but it's the situation that you put yourself in. Like, imagine if that happened, like, how terrifying that would be, like, not knowing what's going on. Just like, and I love how, like, the glimpses that you see of the monster at the beginning. Yeah. Like, the the shot where they're filming, like, he's filming, and you just kind of see it go behind a building. And you're like, what the fuck was that? Like, you don't really. And then, yeah, and then as it it, it progresses. (coughs) You see more and more of it. And, I don't know, I just, I love this movie. I really do. I think it's one of the better found footage movies. It's probably, if I had to rank it, it'd probably be in my, like, top three favorite found footage movies of all time. Okay. So I'm nice. confident in saying that. Nice. Confident in saying that I love this movie that much. So um,
1: And the director's great too. JJ Abrams, like I like this movie. Oh stuff yeah. Too,
0: so. Oh yeah. And I just I lo- I just like I said before, I just love the the approach that they took with the marketing and stuff, how they were so tight lipped about it, you know, mm-hmm. and that's hard to do, especially like even back in two thousand eight it was hard to do. Like even back in the nineties it was hard to do because um not to go too off subject, but on the subject of like leaked scripts and stuff, like they had to do that kind of thing with scream like because purposefully when they did yeah no no no, not purposely okay, okay with scream 2 like when scream 2 came out or before it came out i guess like when they were in the production phase there were people were somehow getting the leaked script on so like they had to constantly change like certain things like certain killers like so that people weren't expecting because like even back in the 90s like leaking a script was i guess apparently super easy to do so, I'm I'm just kind of surprised how they were able to, you know, uh, keep it such under wraps, yeah, and nobody knew about it, like, yeah. So when it like when it aired, it was like such a big phenomenon at the time. Mm-hmm. So kind of like how Paranormal Activity was, a big phenomenon. That's kind of how it was, yeah. You know, so, yep. So Cloverfield, Cloverfield. was my number nine. Was it? that was number nine? Yeah. That was your number nine. Oh no no no. that was my number eight but um, but we've already gone over but film. we've already gone over battle royale so all right so number nine for you over, yeah so in
1: my case number eight, uh two thousand two film, the uh, ring, no not the ring oh. <laughs> even though they are both the same year you know, yeah not the ring, <coughs> but um another film on my list <laughs> is the same director,
0: Gore Verbins Verbins Fabrinsky? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were going to say the same director as The Ring. Sorry. No, no, no. I, no, no. I so the, the same, same that, director
1: have... for this film that I have right here on my list, 2002, was another film on my list as well.
0: Okay. I don't know. <laughs>
1: so, another M. Night Shyamalan film. It is Signs.
0: Oh, okay. It's a good one, too. Which came out in 2002,
1: which blows my mind. I know. Because it feels I like know. it came out a little bit later. But. Yeah, science. Um I really like science. Again, alien horror-ish kind of film. Uh I think alien the, the topics of aliens are fascinating. I yeah. think it doesn't scare me at all, but I really like science because if you look at it from a narrative um storytelling perspective, it follows the same structure as the movie Jaws. And okay. It follows yeah. a lot of the less is more approach where you don't see the creature or the the driving force that drives the suspense which makes it all the more terrifying yeah so so that jaws, when you do see it at the end like when yeah it's like, like oh like... my gosh you know it makes it much more scary right. so jaws you have a shark terrorizing a small island yeah. uh coastal island and signs you have a extraterrestrial force terrorizing a midwestern american family and their mm-hmm. small uh farm uh just little uh ranch yeah so really love the film like Tour de force performances by um, Mel Gibson, mm-hmm. by a very young Joaquin Phoenix. Oh my really God, he movie. is in that yeah, movie. He's I the I totally son.
0: forgot that. Yeah, so he's the eldest wow. son. And it's such a good movie
1: yeah such a good film so yeah signs my uh my number nine did that Please? make it on your list at no all? not at all and okay. the reason
0: why i didn't is because i have a very big gripe with it oh, and i'm not okay. going to spoil it but it has to do with water so enough said okay that's oh. all i will say so okay, it's okay. The, the, you know it's like <laughs> the twist of the whole thing yeah yeah so yeah is there anything else you want to talk about with signs before we move on mm, no that's it all right good movie good choice Um, so, ooh, my number 10, which I'm sure everybody has been waiting for. I told you from the beginning I was going to save the best for last, so, yes. (laughs) My favorite movie from the 2000s of all time, and I stated this in the first episode, I have a very strong, like, um, what's the word?
1: Wait, of all time? You mean so every horror film? Every horror movie in the 2000s, yes. The 2000s, not ever made. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, no. okay, okay.
0: Um, <clears throat> no, but it is in my top three of horror movies ever made. So. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> And most people definitely will disagree with me on that because they're going to be like, really? This movie? But I have a very strong bond with this movie, very sentimental. Um, but that is a movie from 2004 called The Grudge.
1: The Grudge. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <How sweet. laughs>
0: and it And ha- it stars Sarah Michelle Gellar as, like, the main... Character and basically, uh, she's in Japan with her boyfriend. She's a caretaker. She ends up going to this house to take care of this elderly woman and finding out that this house uh, had a brutal murder that took place a few years before. And that anyone who steps in the house gets uh, anyone that comes into contact with this house becomes a part of like this curse. So in Japanese, apparently in Japanese mythology, when somebody dies horrifically or, like, in rage or something, a curse is born, essentially. So, like, whatever happened at that place becomes permanently, like, stained mm. by this, like, incident. So anyone that steps foot in this house dies, mm. like, either in mysterious circumstances or just disappears off the face of the earth. No one ever sees him again. So basically, yeah, that's... That's the main plot, Um, it's a supernatural movie. I think for a PG-13 movie, I think they did very well with it being terrifying still. Uh, They do have, I do prefer the extended director's cut which is a lot more bloody and violent in certain parts. Um, So I prefer that one over the theatrical version but the theatrical version is also good. Um, But yeah, I just, ugh. I can't think of enough to say about this movie. I'll save it for when we actually do the review on this movie. Then I'll really get to talk about why explain. I love it so much. All right. Yeah, but I just I love this movie so freaking much and I don't know. I just I out of all the movies I've ever seen in my life, this movie has probably been watched the most times by me. I can I could probably act out this whole movie for you. Back to front. Really? Yeah. Quote Back to front. Yeah. Uh, we'll quote it, act it out. All I right. could do. I could do it all. But <laughs> all right. <then. laughs> but um, I love. Cool. I love. Um, because I feel like most people prefer the green. The the green one. The ring. I feel like most people prefer the ring. Um, and that definitely got more critical acclaim mm-hmm. per se as uh more than the Grudge did. because um, the Grudge kind of got mixed reviews, but it made it did make a lot of money at the box mm-hmm. office. So, like when yeah. it came out, it was. It was very successful in the fact that it made a lot of money, So, mm-hmm. but critic-wise, it was very lukewarm yeah. at best, but I prefer this movie over the ring, to be completely honest with you, okay. and I'm sure that's in popular opinion with most people, but opinions are opinions, take and them people, with a grain of salt. There's a lot of fans
1: <laughs> of The Grudge, too, so...
0: See, and I don't, I'm not a big fan of the second one, probably because it doesn't have Sarah Michelle Gellar in it as much, Mm. but, you know, biased, whatever. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, I really, really love this movie. I love the look of the ghosts that are in this movie. I love the story. I love, I also love, uh, one thing that I do love in particular is that the director of the original juon films which are japanese. So basically essentially the dr- the grudge is a remake of a japanese film called juon of the same name just in japanese. Same concept yeah. um but he directed the american remake as well. He directed the first two. He directed grudge 1 and 2, both of the american remakes. So really? I think oh, mm-hmm. so I okay. think it's very cool that they had enough trust in this director to have to do the English version. Yes, and he doesn't speak a lick of English, like, he speaks- <laughs> he had a translator on set all the time that would, like, if he had, like, a direction that he wanted somebody to do, he would talk to his translator, and his translator would translate for him. So, to me, I think that's really cool. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah, it's very cool that he, like, directed not only the Japanese ones, but he also directed the American ones, which I personally feel like if he hadn't done that, I don't think it would have been as strong of a movie, in mm. my opinion. because Because that was his his love child. that was his brainchild those movies are his brainchild basically Mm -hmm. and um one more note that i'll say about this movie before we move on is i love how it doesn't tell like the normal um linear storyline of storytelling it does a lot of like going back in the past to explain one character and then it goes back to the present and then goes back to the past again and then present past and then so it does a lot of like non-linear storytelling, which yeah. is very interesting to me. And a lot of I feel like a lot of people's gripes with the movie was the non-linear storytelling, which to me I was like, really, like that? It makes it interesting. Like that's a you can't you can't point. comprehend what's happening. I was ten years old when this movie <laughs> came out, and when I saw it in the theater, I was able to distinguish between past and present. Like I was like, okay, this is obviously something that's going on in the past. So if ten-year-old me can comprehend that. Why can't somebody in their like 20s or 30s comprehend this? It's just a gripe that I have with people that talk about how they don't like the storytelling of this movie, and I'm like, why? It's unique. Yeah. It, like, doesn't happen very often. Like, yeah. Movies have a very straightforward, forward beginning, middle, and end, and it's all very linear and yeah. very in order. This movie does not do that, uh-huh. and I love that about it. Is because you find out. It's also adds to the mystery because you find out more stuff as you go on like more about this curse more about like why this house is haunted and cursed and at the end you find out like it comes full circle and you find out why but it's just i don't know it's just very interesting i love it yeah (laughs) but yeah that is my number 10 pick my last and final pick my favorite movie of the 2000s all right it's the grudge so i also really love the japanese versions but I was introduced to the American version first. Uh-huh. So, if anyone asks me if I like the or the Japanese version better than the American version, I say no because you started with the American. Version. Right. That yeah. was the that was the version that I grew up with mm-hmm. and then I watched the Juan movies much later. Like uh-huh. I don't think I watched the Juan movies until like 5 after 5 years after I'd seen the American remake. So mm. But all really good movies, so. All
1: right. Yeah, cool. Cool, cool. So so What's your number ten? My number ten, and Drum I feel roll. a good segue into talking about the Grudge because it oh seems my gosh, like it you is have the, the, ring, the other you? side of the coin. And yes, I have the nice. ring. The ring is on my number ten uh, for the top. And we did 10 not films. plan this, by the way. Did not, we did at not all. plan for our mm-hmm.
0: um, movies to coincide. Honestly, with
1: when one. I write my list, it's just <laughs> I'm, I'm spitballing. I'm like, oh yeah, this movie. Oh, and this movie. So there's right. no rhyme or reason to how I order my film. So yeah, it just happened to be just happenstance that's like, awesome oh, i love that away. i love that uh i have not seen the japanese version Haringu. i have not seen that one uh only the american version and i just remember being really creeped out as a kid mm-hmm. that, that concept of just like this long haired girl just walking out of her tv oh, yeah, yeah that just yeah yeah just really got under my skin really creepy uh do not remember much about the film uh, i'm sorry but uh i remember enjoying it yeah Remember remember being really creepy
0: uh see? So yeah. Naomi Watts has a pretty good performance in this movie too. I mm-hmm. think I think everybody in this movie does pretty well. Um I love and like you said with uh with signs how you don't see you yes. never see her until the very end. Yeah,
1: you don't see this like this evil force, this evil entity. Right, and right, so, so like that's why it's film.
0: much more of a shock when you actually see her. Like the whole coming out of the TV moment, iconic. Yeah, so iconic. Yeah, and, like <laughs> obviously the Japanese version did it first, but uh-huh. oh my gosh, like but I feel like you see more of her in the Japanese version. Oh, okay. You see much more of her, like, in glimpses, like, in reflections on TVs and Uh, in the background and the shadows. And I I do love Ringu. I really do. I think it's... In tone, I feel like it's a lot creepier than the American version. The American version. version. Okay. But what I like about the American version is that you don't see her until the very end. Like, you don't see what she actually looks like in her scary form. Yeah. Like, you don't see her ghost form until the very end, and then you're like, holy fuck, she just came out of the TV. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, watching that movie, because, like, I said in the first episode. That was the first movie I was ever introduced to. That's the first movie that my parents ever allowed me to watch mm-hmm. because it wasn't too scary. It is it PG-13? Like... Yeah, it is. I think. Okay, all right. I think it's PG-13.
1: I was just assuming it was R. I wasn't sure. It
0: could be. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But whatever.
1: But your parents let you see it, so there you go. Right.
0: Yeah, so I mean, when that when her coming out of the TV part came, spoiler alert, but this movie's almost 20 years old as well. So if you haven't yeah. seen it, Maybe don't listen to this, uh, <laughs> maybe don't, maybe skip over this, uh, uh part, but, no. uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, that part, I was like, holy shit, mm. scared the shit out of me, so, but, anything yeah. else you want to say?
1: Uh, that's it, that, that wraps up my top ten.
0: Cool, cool. So, now into so honorable now we go. Speed mentions.
1: Round. honorable mentions. Bam, yes. bam, bam. All right, list off your first one.
0: All right, so, <laughs> well, I have, <laughs> I have quite a few, um, how many? Two, four, six, eight, ten. <laughs> all right, so
1: we'll go through it quick. <laughs> so we'll go real quick. Compared right. to like my three. <laughs> well, uh, well, you I and I... A lot. I never put a lot of on. Right,
0: well, you and I discussed beforehand that the 90s was more your Yeah, niche. 90s. And for and me, it was the older. 2000s because, I don't know, I just grew up with all the horror movies at the 2000s, so for me, this list was so, when I was putting it together, I was like, Seven already, (laughs) finalized, I don't have to go there and like stress over it. Like there were seven of these movies on this list that I knew were gonna be solid no matter what, and they still haven't changed, so. (laughs) um But with my honorable mentions, that was a little bit more tough, because I was like, oh, there's so many good movies. So, anyway, with that being said. Speed round. Yes, the first one is a a Christmas horror movie from 2007, do you want to take a guess?
1: Christmas horror film, 2007. I don't
0: feel like you've probably heard of this one. Uh, Probably not. Um, it, it stars Wes Bentley. If you know who Wes Bentley is. No? No,
1: nah, oh. any bells.
0: Uh, the only thing that comes to mind that I know that he's in is this movie, obviously, and Hunger Games. He plays the guy with like the weird beard. The okay. one that's in the first one. Yeah. I still don't know. Seneca that. Crane, I think that's his name. In I the still Hunger don't know
1: the, the film.
0: Um, <clears throat> but this movie's called P2. So it's like a Christmas horror movie about a woman that's working late on Christmas Eve at, like, this, uh... She works at, like, a office building. I don't know what she does exactly. I think she's just, like, works in finance or whatever. Okay. She gets off late. She ends up going to the parking garage. <laughs> her car won't start. Then she meets this weird, like, quirky security guard guy. And then you find out that he's, like, obsessed with her. Basically, he kidnaps her, holds her hostage in this parking garage. So basically it takes place in this entire parking garage the whole movie and Mm -hmm. so it's basically like a cat and mouse type of thriller movie where she's like trying to get away from him and i don't know it's a very interesting concept i really enjoyed this movie the acting is really great okay the concept oh it's also made by the same guy that made the remake of the hills have eyes so Uh ah okay yes so another great movie from him Mm
1: -hmm. but hills have eyes made it on the list this one did not
0: no because out of the two, I feel like *The Hills Have Eyes* is much Stronger more film. has much more uh, rewatchability. Mm-hmm. Okay, but not to say that it's not good because it made my honorable mention. So gotcha. that would be my first one.
1: All right, my first one, uh, original *Final Destination*.
0: Oh, so yeah, good one. Yeah, yeah,
1: and we talked about that. So yeah, you guys talked right, about right. that. Good film. Uh, just just good entertainment is how I look at the *Final Destination* series. It's
0: fun. They're yeah. they're fun movies. Mm-hmm. Um, My next one is uh, another Australian horror film, actually. And this one came out in 2009. This one's called The Loved Ones. Okay. And it's basically... I've read a review that... Or maybe not a review, but maybe on the front cover of the movie. It basically says, uh, Pretty in Pink meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Because that's basically what it is. (laughs) So for people that don't know what this movie is, I'll provide a quick summary and then we'll move on. But basically after a girl gets rejected... She, uh, she asks a boy to prom, which is the main guy. She asks him to prom, he says no, and then her and her dad kidnap him and basically subject him to, like, a night of t- like of torture. It's oh, basically like dang. a torture movie, yeah. Okay. Uh, but I love this movie. It's so good. Um, the acting's very good from everybody involved. Um, I don't know, I just, like, I love foreign films. Like, there's just something about it. hmm I don't know. I love that East meets West also kind of, like, you know. Mm-hmm. There's different cultures, different, you know. (coughs) Different
1: uh, taboos, different fears, different mythos.
0: Yeah. Yep. So. Cool. Yep. That's uh, the loved ones. So. All right. You guys should check it out.
1: Sweet. So number two on my honorable mentions, uh, (laughs) horror comedy, 2004 film, Shaun of the Dead. Ooh. Uh, I love Edgar Wright. Uh, Not the first Edgar Wright film I ever saw. Probably the third one, but oh my God, is that a hilarious movie? It's a good movie. And they have Edgar Wright as a director, you got Simon Pegg, uh, just, they, they work so well together. Right. Like, the directing the performances, such good stuff. Uh, so yeah.
0: And is it a coincidence that Dawn of the Dead came out the same year as Shaun of the Dead? Is that a coincidence, or did they just basically parody Dawn of the Dead after it came out?
1: I always thought the assumption was they parodied them after it came out.
0: Okay, because I know they came out the exact same year. Mm-hmm. So 2004 was when the Dawn of the Dead remake came out, and then... Shaun of the Dead, also, but so. it might
1: be coincidental. Who knows, right? I um, don't
0: know. I guess we'll have to figure that out. Oh yeah, funny movie. That's a good movie. Good one. Uh, my next one is the exorcism of exorcism of Emily Rose, Ooh. which came out in two thousand five. That was creepy. It is. It's fucking terrifying. <laughs> like, and most of it has to do with Jennifer Carpenter, who plays Emily. Mm-hmm. She's so fucking good in this movie. Like, so good. <laughs> um, and I just. I love this movie. Like I, I like exorcism movies. Um, but this one in particular stands out to me because it's not one of those typical exorcism, not the, I'm not counting the exorcist in this. I'm counting movies like the last exorcism. Yeah. All those kind of movies, which rely more on like every scene has to be scary. Every scene has to have this movie takes place mostly in a, in a courtroom essentially. Like they're basically doing the trial And so anytime they go back to the story of Emily, it's in flashbacks. Like, it's back in time. Because she's dead at this point, at the beginning of the movie. She's already dead. So, but, like, amazing performances. Like, there's some scary fucking shit in this movie that's, like, very haunting. Um, Her performance is so believable. You'll have to watch it. We'll have to watch it. Okay. But, yeah, that's my next one nice are you done with yours uh just last one <laughs> okay
1: for my honorable mentions but it's already a film that's gone over uh cloverfield good one so that was in my honorable mentions mainly for the same reasons like it's a great film but it, it really is hard to watch on a big screen yeah it's easy to get motion sick it's easy to feel ill while watching the film but story-wise and all that solid film so cool. yeah
0: Cloverfield. Cool,
1: cool. And that ends my entirety of my <laughs> list.
0: So not even close to mine, but don't worry, me, guys. Me. Rest assured, I will go through these very quick. I feel like I haven't taken too much time. No, 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 so, we've been good. Yeah. Um, my next one is Orphan, and that came out in two thousand nine. <coughs> also, I remember that movie. This movie, that was a
1: trip.
0: oh my gosh, everything about it: cinematography, acting, the twist at the end. Probably my favorite twist of any horror movie ever. And I wish, this is one of those movies where I wish I could, like, go back and watch it and completely, like, erase my mind. <laughs> because the first time I watched this movie, it blew my fucking mind. I was mm. like, holy crap, that didn't, I did not see that coming. Like, I knew she was a psychopath, but mm. I did not see what that ending had in store for me. So, that's my, that's my next one. And then my next one after that also came out in 2009. This is more of a horror comedy, and that's Jennifer's Body.
1: Yeah, I've heard about that. I've never seen it. Yeah, I really... I That's uh, with um, Megan, Megan Fox. Fox right? Megan
0: Fox and Amanda Seyfried. And, oh, okay. Yeah. And it's made by the director that directed Juno. Really? I'm trying to think of her name right now. It's like a weird name, but I can't, I can't think of it. It's on the tip of my tongue. But anyway, moving on. But <clears throat> yeah, this is a horror comedy. This one's a fun one. I wouldn't say it's like the greatest movie in the world. Um, it's... <clears throat> definitely sorry (laughs) excuse me it's definitely developed more of a cult following like later on like later in the years i don't think when it first came out it was very uh perceived very positively by people and i mean even today people don't consider it a very good movie but Mm
1: -hmm.
0: i think it's fun i enjoy it i really like it uh so yeah jennifer's body okay And then my next one is also Final Destination. I had to put it on the list somewhere. The original. I mean, the third one is my favorite, but I'm still going to give credit to where credit's due. And this one started it off. So I had to give it credit. So, which also I'm very excited to do our Final Destination series when we get to it. (laughs) Oh, these movies. I'm so excited. Anyway, okay. So the next one on my honorable mentions is a movie that came out in 2008. It's another found footage movie, also a remake of a found footage movie that came out a couple years prior, I believe. And it has Jennifer Carpenter in it as well. Mm. Do you know what it is? 2008, you said? Mm
1: -hmm. Uh... Don't know.
0: Quarantine. Quarantine. Oh, yeah! Yeah. I do remember that movie. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, basically, for people that don't know about that one, it's basically a bunch of people get trapped in an apartment building that's... uh, Infected. I think it's rabies that the people are infected with. It essentially turns into a zombie movie, really. Mm -hmm. And they're trapped and they can't get out. And it's just the found footage style. And uh, love the acting, love the direction. Yeah, so that is Quarantine. Sweet. My next one is another movie that came out in 2009. 2009 was a good year for horror, too. Yeah. Uh, And this one's more of like, this one falls in the genre of jennifer's body as well is like not a super regarded great film but for me it's a fun film it's got some great death scenes i love the actors that are in it so for a side note for all you straight men out there if you like to see boobs and a lot of hot women this is the movie for you which is (laughs) sorority row that came out in 2009 which is basically kind of a loose remake from the house on sorority row the one that came out in like the 80s i believe i don't know so basically a bunch of sorority sisters accidentally murder one of their own and they basically h- cover it up and then a year la- like a year later a killer emerges and starts taking them out like basically as revenge oh, okay, okay. type of a thing so yeah that one's fun i like i like the acting for the most part in this one there are some cheesy moments um but i i, ju- I just love this movie Mm -hmm. I loved it from the time it came out till now, so it's a good movie Um, my next, oh, two more two more guys, I'm breezing right through this alright, so my second to last one came out in 2001 and that is 13 Ghosts have you heard of that one? I have, love that movie Tony Chalips in it,
1: right?
0: I don't know, I don't know names right now Okay. I, I normally am very good at like but um so good okay So, and I feel like the ghosts in that movie are terrifying, too. Mm. Like, the the look of all of them, they're really scary. So, yeah, that's my second to last one. And then my last one is a movie that was made in 2005. It was also directed by Wes Craven. Do you want to guess it?
1: 2005, directed by Wes Craven.
0: Takes place on an airplane. Does that give you a hint?
1: On an airplane. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any actors? Uh, Rachel
0: McAdams, uh, Cillian Murphy. I apologize if I said that name wrong.
1: It's Called Red Eye. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. Cool.
0: And this is a this is like, um, one of I not one of the lesser known films of Wes Craven's, but I feel like in regards to movies that Wes Craven has made, like, because Scream obviously standing out as, like Scream, A Nightmare on Elm Street, uh-huh. those kind of movies. Those you know, are more of the well-known ones. I feel yeah. like this one's more of kind of an obscure one, but not in the sense that not very many people know about it because it did get a theatrical release. Um, I personally love this movie. I think the concept of how do you make a movie that takes place on an airplane for about 85% of the runtime of the movie? Like, how do you make that into like a thrilling, like movie that, like you, you're right. Right. Yeah. But he did it, and I just, I don't know, I love this movie. I love the concept, I love the acting. Okay. Wes Craven, once again, proving why he's such a great horror director. He's uh-huh. just, I don't know, he's so good. So, yeah, Red Eye, and Sweet. that would be my last one, so.
1: All right, so that wraps up our top tens for the 2000s. Woo! Heck yeah.
0: Yeah, not Woo. too
1: bad. Not yeah, too shabby. not too bad. So. That was a little tough for me. <laughs> a little tough for me to think of that. Uh, think of those movies but we we got them.
0: Yeah, we got them. We we got some solid picks on there too. Yeah, there we
1: go. Well, All right, I guess that wraps up our top 10 uh horror films for the 2000s, huh? Yep. All that right, was pretty sweet.
0: that was pretty fun. It was I, fun.
1: That was it was a tough list for me to write, but
0: I, I got, it. got I through it. I don't know. I had a lot of fun <laughs> with this one. This one was definitely not as stressful for me as the 2010 w- 10s were. Mm-hmm. Um cuz like I said, I had just uh, I already had like a solid 7 that I was like these ones aren't changing no matter what. And then the other ones just came very easily. So, yeah, that was really fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, was awesome. And before we go, I guess another thanks to all of you guys out there that are listening to this. Uh, We really appreciate it. We appreciate all the engagement that you've given us. Like, I've had a lot of people, a lot of my friends on Instagram, sharing it, like, on their stories and stuff. Yeah, it's so crazy. It is. Like, so to see, like, all the, you know...
1: uh, All our listeners, all all the... The support, really. Right, people yeah. people bring to the show.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. I, I love it. Uh, yeah, just... We were we were online the other day, and we were checking out, like, all, like, the different places that we have. <laughs> yeah, the different just, regions like, different, where we have like, listeners. Like, yeah. like oh, wow. All the way over here. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, so keep it up, guys. Um, If you don't mind, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Just go on there, leave us a review. Let us know if you like what you are hearing, if you don't like what you're hearing, if you don't like what you're hearing let us know what we can do to make it better
1: yeah because we're we're all you know, ears
0: all, exactly so we want to know
1: how we can make this better we want to know how we can make the listening experience enjoyable for you guys
0: exactly so so thanks again to you guys um in the future we'd like to you know once we get this podcast more established we'd like to start doing like contests and stuff like merch Contest, merch type stuff
1: submissions just like anything yeah so if you guys anything have and everything really
0: Right, right. So if you guys have like any suggestions on something you want us to do for a later episode, please, please send those in because that would be great for us to be able to look at. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, you can find us on Instagram. It's We Love Horror, mm-hmm. and then also we have an email address, which was We Love Horror pod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm on Twitter as well. If you guys want to send me messages, follows, you name it. Uh, Twitter handles Roman Chicas. Yeah.
0: Cool. All right. and uh once again thank you to anchor for sponsoring us for our show today we really appreciate that so
1: ask you guys if you want to check them out check them out cool service great for beginning podcasters yes um free free and it's honestly how we got started so yeah
0: so great awesome all right cool cool. all right guys well that wraps it up so we will see you next time all right see you guys next time peace bye